Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, one of the many uh, sad changes and difficult changes during this pandemic is the fact that there has been an unbelievable increase in the number of calls to rape crisis centres. Lockdown has seen a 98% increase in calls made to these centres across the country. And in addition to this, the duration of the calls made increased by 83% on the line now. To talk to us more about this, we have Miriam Duffy of Rape Crisis Midwest. Good morning to you, Miriam. How are you? Good morning, Gillian. How are you? This is... I, I'm good, but this this is quite shocking. 98%? I know. It, it, um, I suppose one of the things that, you know, when we're a member of Rape Crisis Network Ireland, so we are one of those six centres that they're basing this data on, and um, we were very lucky because we got funding for, from the Department of Justice. We have lost the financial support to the analysis of the database and the monitoring of it over the past couple of years. And justice kicked in this year with a bit to help us through this COVID crisis to keep a track of it. Um, so it just shows basically the, what gathering good data can do and tell us. But when we were looking at it as the six managers... Uh, basically, we were kind of saying to ourselves, like, no wonder we're all exhausted, you know. No wonder, we, yeah. We have been from early in March, we have been in constant communication with each other, developing new practices, protocols for all of our staff and volunteers who had to up stakes and start work from home. Um Within a week or two, we had all of that. And the one thing I will say about rape crisis is we our whole way of working is we respond to whatever comes in the door to us with the clients. So literally all of the staff, all of the volunteers took home with all of their client loads and stuff like that. And they were so flexible in working with the clients because it's one thing for a client to be coming in here for a regular 10 o'clock appointment every Monday morning. But if that person is now at home with a house full of kids, um, I can't find the quiet space. And there is also the thing that, like, when somebody comes and starts working on their, their trauma with us, we're providing the safe space in the counselling room here. It's very different kettle of fish if you're trying to do that in your own kitchen or your own living room or your own bedroom. Um, so our counsellors were very flexible. Um, you know, they took made calls to people at night when the kids were in bed at weekends. You know, whenever they rearranged their whole working schedules around the clients. So this ninety eight percent rise in calls is not necessarily from new clients, is it? Um, yeah, that particular the the ninety eight percent rise in calls is actually new new contacts. Now a lot a good proportion of that to. Um, I think it's something like about 12% of that is from professionals who were contacting us. And what do you mean by professionals? Uh, Rake, across all professions really, because they were coming across people, you know. Oh, sorry. So not actually rape victims themselves. No, but professionals referring victims to us. Right. Or looking for advice on how best they can cope with what they were dealing with as well, you know. So... I suppose what baffles me here a little bit is that since March 12th, we're supposed to be seeing less and less of each other and, you know, restricting our social groups. Are these rapes happening in the last, you know, four or five months or these 
now people have time to think about things and it's something that may have happened six months, a year ago, even five years ago when they're contacting? The vast, the vast majority of it is what we call historical abuse. Okay. Now that basically is anything, in, to our way of thinking, it's anything 12 months and beyond. Anything within the past 12 months we would, con- we would classify as recent. And do you so, think this is people having more time by themselves to think? I'd say there is a, an element of that in it. But I think as well as that too, one of the things is that, um, say, people that may be coping with whatever had gone on in the past, and even people that may have been in counselling in the past and, you know, they had their coping strategies in place and were getting on with their lives, um, the, the ground has fallen away from everybody's life has changed so dramatically that the safety nets that people had put in place them were not there anymore. So that has triggered a lot for an awful lot of people. It's like a, a straw breaking the camel's back type yeah. of situation. I think it is. And the thing, you know, so we've had a huge influx of that cohort of clients, which, as I say, would be historical abuse. What we are quite concerned about is we know that there was a certain, anecdotally, we know that there was a certain amount of what we call more recent rape, um, young people or sexual assaults um, within the closed circles during lockdown. And we our expectation is that is going to start coming at us in the next couple of months. And, okay, so you say this is anecdotally, we don't have, you know, the research no, and the data to back no. this up. But without and obviously going into, you know, particulars, what sort of situations are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, people who are living with their partners and be, I, being raped? Or? It will be a mix of everything. It will be certainly. I mean, we know from the domestic violence figures through COVID that there was a huge increase in domestic violence. That in itself will tell us there was a huge amount of sexual abuse in relationships. Right, well, we're that hasn't started to, to come our way yet, but it will. We're chatting to Miriam Duffy of Rape Crisis Midwest about the alarming rise in the number of calls to the rape crisis centres across the country and the Midwest is no different. It's included in this data. Miriam, the other element, you know, is is the increase in the length of time that uh, the calls are. They've increased uh, on average by 83% in time, is that correct? Yeah, it would be. And I mean, you know, that. That, I suppose, was only to be accept, expected because when it was the the only way you could contact people, even, say, in normal times, if somebody rang in here and I took a helpline call, I might get a very brief outline of what they wanted, what the history was, I would be brief enough taking minimal details from them. A first name is enough, um, a way of contacting them, be it phone or email. And then I would be handing that on to a counsellor. That was not happening. Somebody would ring. You could be, even in taking that bit of information, you could be half an hour, an hour on the phone with somebody. Right, so you know, that, that kind it, of makes it sense. It was the yeah. outline. We were there. So people did, people and we were very glad to be here, you know, and but and glad that people did use us. 
Miriam, if there is somebody listening today and, you know, they've had a past trauma that's been triggered by the pressure of lockdown or even just by listening to this conversation today, because sometimes that's how it happens. It's, it, yeah, it you is. know, um, how do they get in touch with you and what can they expect from the services that you provide? Okay. Well, they can contact us through the free phone, one eight hundred three one one five one one, or they can email info at rapecrisis.ie. Now, what can they expect? We will get back to them right throughout the whole crisis. We were managing to get back to people within 24 hours. I'm still hopeful as we kind of return to normal service in in the centres. um, Definitely, I will be keeping that as a target for everything that at least we will make a response to people within the 24 hours, if not sooner. Um, except at the weekends when we're not here. Um, and basically with everybody that we meet, we will be assessing and talking to them about what their immediate needs are. Um, I I don't want to kind of sound like the prophet of doom, but I foresee for our ongoing kind of long-term counselling, I think the waiting list for that is has increased anyway. And you yourself, do you think that... You know, the fact that you can't do face-to-face, how have you found the the Zoom type or the f- telephone co- uh, type of counselling? Um, the, the feedback from the counsellors is some clients were, uh, all, one, all clients, be it Zoom or telephone, all clients within two weeks had taken up that. In the very first week, there was an initial from a few clients who kind of said, no, I'll wait for face-to-face. Within two weeks, they were back when they realised how long it was going to be. Um, so that has worked. And the counsellors are saying in some cases it has worked really well, particularly for people that, you know, all of a sudden now might have childcare difficulties, ways of getting into it. You know, they were really grateful for it. We are in the process of going back to face-to-face appointments as safely as we can here in the centre. And those clients that have been offered to return to face-to-face have grabbed it with both hands. So, they, as I say, it, it's the telephone counselling works to a point, but it doesn't, the face-to-face and contact, you know, because all of the counsellors would say when you are actually sitting in the same room as a person, you... you the work is better. You you can connect better. better. Yeah. yeah. It, it is interesting, an interesting development from all of this because we have a lot of people contacting us on the show yesterday to ask when GPs are going to go back to doing face-to-face uh, appointments. I know quite a few are doing them and they certainly do them when it's absolutely necessary to treat whatever it is you've contacted your GP uh, about. But uh, in other cases, you know, people are delighted to be able to phone their GP, explain a few symptoms um, and maybe get a prescription sent to their pharmacy without having to wait for ages in a waiting room. So, so there are pluses and minuses to the new way of doing things, aren't there? I, cer- I certainly think there are because, you know, taking that example, like if you, if you had to, if you woke one morning with a sore throat and needed to your GP for an antibiotic, you know you're going to have to go to the waiting room and probably wait an hour before you actually get in to see him. Uh, you'd be steeped in luck if you don't. <laughs> so something like, you know, a Zoom or a telephone call that you can schedule and you you don't have to get into your car and drive there or whatever when you might be feeling miserable and then just 
pick up your prescription in cases like that. Yes, it's ideal. And I would see in going forward, I mean, I, I've been saying that really the ideal is the face-to-face with the counselling. But as a second best, the phone counselling is, I mean, one of the protocols that we have put in place here for health and safety at the moment is that we are asking all of the clients that if they wake on the morning that they have an appointment, they have as much as a sniffle. Text us, ring in, and your appointment will automatically switch to a phone appointment that day. Yeah, and that don't, makes absolute don't sense. Don't bring us in any germs. Yeah. <laughs> and the same is for the staff and the volunteers. If uh, if a counsellor wakes up and has a cough or a cold or running a temperature, that counsellor will automatically contact the, client, the clients and say, don't come in, I'm going to switch to phone counselling today, I have a sore throat. Yeah, and I think that applies and to absolutely everything at the moment. So you know, you don't step outside your front door if you've got sniffles or sore throats or coughs or, or, or anything like that. No. So, I mean, I'd say going forward, the kind of the duality of service will be maintained in in that regard. And of course, as I say, there are some clients that when offered a return to face-to-face at this particular moment in time, they can't do it because of issues with childcare, with, you know, other stuff going on that they just physically can't get in here. So in, in those cases, the phone or Zoom or whatever they're using will will continue for the time being. Well, certainly, Miriam, a 98% rise in the calls being made to centres like your own is a cause for concern. Uh, Would you like to just finish off by giving that number once again that people can ring if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, Gillian, it's 1-800-311-511 and the email is info at rapecrisis.ie Okay, Miriam Duffy of the Rape Crisis Midwest. Thanks for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.